Welcome to The Gods We Belong To, an urban fantasy noir podcast. The Gods We Belong To tells one continuous story in order, and it's important to start at the beginning. So, first timers, it's back to episode one for you. Now, my faithful friends, take a beat, take a breath, and let's check in with Alex. Chapter 7 The sun is just disappearing as we climb into Arissa's car. Rather than endure the unique hell that is L.A. traffic at this hour, we opt for a local cafe Melina recommended and while away the early evening trying to make sense of this case, fueled by strong, sweet coffee. So, Arissa begins, let's lay out what we know. Apollo was there with both victims. But they weren't alone. Someone else was lurking on the edges, our guy. Very definitely not human. Right, I confirm. He's watching, doing who knows what else until he... What, just decides to jump in? Maybe. Maybe he sees an opportunity or or something sets him off. Okay, I nod. Either way, in he goes. But... This anonymous, non-human psycho only attacks our two victims. Yeah, doesn't lay a fucking hand on Apollo, or Xander, or whatever we're calling him, and Apollo doesn't do a damn thing to stop him. No evidence to suggest he did, Arissa says. So, somehow, Psycho ignores God, and God ignores Psycho. How the hell does that happen? I have no idea, she shrugs, but I think it's time we asked the god. Okay, I guess that's what we're doing tomorrow. Definitely tomorrow, she agrees. Right now, I need a drink and some sleep. You want some company for that drink? Not a chance, she smirks. Fair enough. Pretty friendly, as rejections go. We cruise through the brightly lit L.A. night and into the quieter darkness of the Hollywood Hills and my little bungalow. I say goodnight and hop out of the car to find a pair of large ravens perched near the front door. Hey guys, I wave. Nothing to report. Tell the boss man everything's fine. Will do, Alex, one squawks. Thanks, Munin, I reply. Hugin, he corrects me. Sure. I walk in, toss my jacket on a chair, and make a beeline for the bathroom. All I want is a shower and a well-packed bowl of Odin's special blend. I can practically smell the thick, woodsy smoke already. Wait, not practically. Actually, I can absolutely actually smell it. And see it. A thick plume of that otherworldly incense is currently snaking through the air, coming from the far side of the pitch-dark room. Hi, Odin, I say. 
He usually gets the drop on me and does that whole suddenly speaking up from the shadows thing. I admit, it's a pretty cool trick, and it makes me smile beating him to the punch just this once. Sorry to disappoint, Alex, says a voice that is very definitely not Odin's. But it does sound familiar. Hermes? I ask, turning on the overhead light to reveal the god sitting at the coffee table, his left hand cradling the pipe. So, do all gods get off on lurking in dark apartments for dramatic effect, or is it just you and my great-grandfather? Hermes chuckles. Count yourself lucky we're not all so subtle. Smoke trails from the pipe and his mouth as he speaks. I know, I say, sinking into the chair next to his. I've met Thor. But you haven't met Heracles. The last time that punch-drunk goon decided to surprise one of his unsuspecting progeny, he burst through the wall of their house. Hey, Kool-Aid! I blurt out, unable to stop myself. So, Hermes continues, unless you'd prefer that I perforate your home like some demented children's beverage mascot. Point taken, I concede. Now that's settled. Tell me about your first day of investigation. How's Arissa? She's a good cop. Better than most. Yes, she is. Hermes smiles with what looks like genuine pride. It's a shame her actual dad doesn't seem to care. No, Alex, it's not. Nothing good can come of his involvement. She was better off in blissful ignorance of him, of us, of all of it. Maybe, I say, extending an open hand for the pipe, which Hermes obligingly passes. Maybe I was too, but in the end, I say it's better to know, even if knowing hurts. Have you read many stories of my family? Hermes asks. Greek myths? Lots. I'm guessing they're pretty hit and miss accuracy-wise. They are, he nods. But one thing they do get right is the trajectory of the lives my family touches. Even the ones who burned the brightest, they all ended badly. Look, I reply, slowly releasing a stream of smoke. I'm not trying to let your clearly disastrous family off the hook here, or mine, for that matter. But when it comes to humanity, lots of us end badly. Begin and middle badly, too, mostly without divine intervention. Besides, from what I can see, Arissa is doing just fine. I hope you're right, Alex, he says. And if your assessment of her condition changes, I hope you'll tell me. Of course, I nod. Understand I'm not asking you to spy on her, just keep an eye out. I'd rather not see her harmed. You and me both. She's making my job a lot easier, and I have to admit I don't hate working with a partner. Speaking of which, I give Hermes the rundown of everything we learned today. The crime scene, the blood, Melina's insights. How is Melina? he asks. It's been a long time. Wait, were you two, like, a couple? Yes, Alex, Hermes sighs. We were, like, a couple. He pauses, his eyes clearly focused on some point in the past. 
What happened? Are you investigating my brother's situation or my love life? Right. Sorry. Kinda hard not to be curious, I admit. You wouldn't be much of an investigator if you weren't. And it seems you and your new partner have done quite well so far. We know Apollo didn't do it. We know the guy who did isn't human. That still leaves a lot of unanswered questions. But it's a start. Not a bad first day. Not bad at all, I have to agree. And tomorrow? Tomorrow? Apollo. Tread carefully with him, Alex, Hermes cautions. He's gotten quite good at playing his chosen role when the public eye is on him. But behind closed doors, with nothing to hide, he can be dangerous. Arissa is part of the immediate family, so that should take some of the edge off him. You, however, maybe don't mention Odin. They've never been close. So, the god I have to interrogate hates my family? Not the best place to start. Hate is a strong word. My half-brother hates many things. Snakes, lies, country music. The gallows god he merely dislikes. Apollo is all bright, shining audacity. Odin is earth, blood, hidden things. It's no great surprise that they grate on one another. Lies? I bark, picking up on that one word in particular. He, he hates lies. And in I go, chock full of shit to hide, trying to ferret out whatever he has to hide? How do I not immediately set him off? I'll be lucky if he doesn't just fucking incinerate me. Firstly, Hermes assures me, he can't incinerate you. But, I mean, sun god and all, right? Hermes half shrugs. He is connected to light. It's complicated, but he can't just snap his fingers and cinder you. Well, that's a relief. That's not to say he can't hurt you. He most definitely can but the light-sun angle is more about illuminating the truth, knowledge, prophecy, all that. Dispelling the darkness of ignorance, you get the idea. Oh, okay, I acknowledge. So no literal fiery death, but he might just kill me with metaphor. Hermes laughs. There's nothing to worry about, he assures me. Just don't lie and you'll be fine. I stare incredulously at Hermes. He sighs. Come on, Alex. You don't need me to tell you that there's a world of gray between a lie and the truth. From what I can tell, that gray area is where you spend a great deal of your time. He's got me there. So, use your native talents, he continues, and spin a version of the truth that gets you what you want. Makes sense. Sounds a little like Apollo's intuition isn't so different from my own. It takes active deception to move the needle. My trick only works on gods, but I'm guessing his version is more universal. Exactly, Hermes confirms. And now he's reading my mind. Great. Don't be so uptight, Hermes chides. Just think of it as facilitated communication. Sure. I shrug, and picking someone's pocket is facilitated banking. 
isn't it? Seems you're plenty comfy with gray areas yourself, I observe. Comfy? He smiles widely. You have a gift for understatement. I guess I always thought your thing was, you know, messenger guy with winged sandals. The storybook version? You know better than that. My thing is exactly those gray areas. The spaces in between. Strophius. That's the word Odin used to send me to you, I interject. One of my many names, Hermes continues. It means hinge. Not one side of the door nor the other. I am the point which is both and neither, where opposites reconcile and all points converge. Communication is a hinge between people, nations, worlds. Even the facilitated kind? Indeed, Alex. And relax, that particular trick is mine. Apollo has never had the touch. So the whole messenger thing, I prompt, is a simple way to understand me, and it works for simple folk. Well, consider me complicated, I quip. Hermes cracks a very slight smile, and I wonder how to handle someone who knows what I'm thinking, including that I'm wondering how to handle him. Awesome. Endless rabbit holes of mind-bending fun await. Back to Apollo, I prompt. So, basically, tell no lies, stick to gray areas. That's the idea. He loves worship, praise, attention, almost anything that feeds his ego, and that appetite has only grown over the past year along with the rest of his eccentricities. Dish up plenty of flattery, and you should be fine. He'll tell you almost anything if he thinks he looks good in the telling. Ego. Now that I can work with. Hermes has it right. Of course he does. When it comes to guys like Apollo, it's not about getting them to crack under pressure. If you're good, and I am, they'll sing their secrets to the skies and still think they're winning. God or human, it doesn't matter. Just remember what I've told you, Hermes says reassuringly. Sounds good, I reply. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Apollo could shatter your sanity and leave you a drooling vegetable, Hermes says way too casually. But he probably won't. Great. Good talk. Best of luck, Alex, and give my best to Arissa, Hermes says, before vanishing in a split-second storm of light and color. No tearing a hole in space, no yawning void, just gone. Sure, I say to the empty room. Will do. This has been The Gods We Belong To, Book 2, Chapter 7. The Gods We Belong To is written, performed, edited, and produced by Dan Goldstein. Theme music is I'll Drive by Daniel Birch. Additional music, The Elevator Game, Say It Again, I'm Listening, 
In Pursuit of Silence and Apollo by Daniel Birch. Daniel is online at danielbirchmusic.com. Our spectacular episode art is by the talented and beautiful Jen Goldstein. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and help spread the word. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Host. Tweet. Start an underground God vs. God rap battle tournament. Five-star ratings are particularly helpful and appreciated. However you do it, thank you. And thanks this week to Alice WV for your wonderful review. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Gods We Belong To. Episodes and more at thegodswebelongto.net. Chapter 8 is coming in just one week. So, until then, don't do anything Alex wouldn't.